and the only great superpower left on the planet is the U.S., and here he's talking about the 100 years war. Well, let's get it straight. <laughs> it's nothing to do with finishing off a Middle East agenda. It's not that. It's a war on the entire world to bring forth and complete this phase of an agenda, which is to bring in a brave new world scenario, the dream of these characters for the last few hundred years at least, probably longer. But at least they did start writing about it in the 1700s. That's what it's all about. And we'll talk more about this after the following messages. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. And before the break, I was just mentioning that we're rushing ahead through a very well-planned agenda, a very old agenda, which is going to culminate with a, a brave new world scenario with a completely different way of living for those who are, you might call it living, some might not, because they're going to breed people for specific tasks and the elite have already decided who each other happens to be and they will be spared all of this of course because they're so superior they are the culmination of evolution part of their big religion and everyone who's left and who hasn't made it to the top uh, is just the, the, the sort of junk genes that's basically it and with all of the sciences at their command Tremendous money went into to scientific investigation to create incredible weaponry, which is pretty well silent. It's silent weapons for quiet wars. The quiet war has always been on the public to herd us along into this particular lane that we're in today. And they know where they want to guide us, and it's a step-by-step process. And I was looking through the open conspiracy which is a, a book put out by our, our great old friend H.G. Uh, Wells. And, you know, he made a, a number one edition, which is a bit more telling. His second edition, he omitted some rather harsh statements and tidied up a little bit more. But he does mention in it about this conspiracy, an open conspiracy, because the big foundations that he was part of and the big societies that were authorized to be there on behalf of the British Crown and what they stood for, um, had pretty well published a lot of the documentation, which was available in libraries and still is, in fact. It's just that most folk don't want to, to read these kind of books. They're kind of dry and boring. But within these books, like this one here, The Open Conspiracy, he tells you back in, back in his day uh, that politics and politicians were really redundant. They're redundant and that they were just front men. Now, we're talking back in the 1920s when the second edition came out. So politicians were already redundant. They were front men who know how to, to pull the tribal strings, say all the right things that you're conditioned to hear, and you're supposed to vote for them, while all along uh, much, much bigger groups uh, ran the countries. One person cannot m manage a country. He won't even get through all of the top staff in his whole tenure in office. 
There's too many of them, too many departments and levels of organization. Never mind all the black op uh, systems that came out, the CIA and MI6, which they can't even get into themselves. And those big black op operations, the high departments of MI6 and CIA, are only answerable to the global elites. They were always their masters, not the politicians. So I think we should understand uh, that the usual sideline as we get sidelined along of just voting for someone isn't going to change this agenda. It won't happen. If someone was genuine, if there was a new Messiah came down, he'd be killed so quickly if he was really genuine, if he wasn't a part of the system. It would not be allowed. These guys mean business at the top, and they're not going to back off for anyone at all. Now, it's good that certain politicians are out there right now, at least for the first time, addressing what everyone has been talking about at the bottom level and making them at least discuss these particular topics for the first time openly. But believe you me, the changes have to be to come through every individual on the planet because this is a planetary war. It's not just an American war or a British war. They love to keep it localized to make you think it's still a nation. But these internationalists have been running the world for over a hundred years openly at their own level. At their own level. And when they set up the League of Nations, they declared that that was the end of nationalism back then. They still use nationalism when it suits them to, to have you go off and fight wars for them. But really, they are, they are international. Our bureaucracies are already intertwined with everyone else's bureaucracies. And every law that comes down from building a house to putting in plumbing or whatever all comes from the United Nations. Has been for years. It's just signed into law by your own presidents and prime ministers. That's the sad truth of what we're living in today. There are many levels of this deception, and we've been given so many false leads by the same ones at the top to keep us distracted while they pull off the next stunt, and they're already doing it. Now, people are talking about all the coming catastrophes and possibilities and what-ifs etc. Meanwhile, we've been sprayed like bugs from the air for 10 years solid across the planet. We're being drugged. We're being poisoned. So all the rest of it is a mute point. Anything is a mute point until we can get the spraying stopped. Because we are being openly poisoned. People are coming down with, with chronic fatigue from all the spraying. But it's really heavy. Summer and winter we all get lethargic, we want to sleep. People have, have chronic bronchitis all year round now. Asthma is skyrocketing. And for the first time in history, they're diagnosing adults with, with asthma. People in their 40s and 50s. It's incredible. An open spraying in the skies, but we're being distracted from everything about everything else. The media will not, will not touch the spring. So I'm going to be putting more and more sites or other people's sites up on my website who've done their homework and can add to the information available to us on the spring. Now I think we've got a caller from
from New York. Uh, is it Leroy? Is it Leroy? Are you there or were you here? Hello? Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, um, I was thinking that the, uh, the New World religion, the UN sanctioned one, uh -huh. uh, will get propagated, uh, through exposing how all current religions are, uh, allegories for planetary concepts. And so why not just cut to the chase and just start worshiping Mother Earth? Oh, there's no doubt about it. Within all religions, you still have that element there. And it's very difficult for those who belong to the authorized religions to see what, what, what someone outside of them would see, obviously. Uh, but they can't see it at all. But within, yeah, you're absolutely right, within all the organized religions, you do have that. There, pre-Rome, even pre-Christian Rome, had the Alma Mater, and they brought that in from Persia. They brought lots of gods in from Persia, and that really was where the sacrificing of the bull came from, and eventually they adapted that with, along with Mithraism into one. Uh, but uh, when they transformed into a new church, they readapted or readopted all of the old gods, which the peasantry were used to. Um, and it's the same with, with uh, some of the African countries. They accept voodoo and Catholicism together. As long as you come into the church, they'll use those particular gods and deities, you know. Now, uh, the allegories, are they just to create virtual realities, or is there something about being binded to... It's a, it's a Hegelian technique of mind control, and you can go back from, to Zoroastrianism, and that seems to be our first record of having a good deity versus a bad deity, and a record kept of your good points versus your bad points, and that transformed into um, the, the other religions which followed from it, really, if using the same blueprint. And to the average person, it's a, it's a, a real head trip when you, you follow the Jehovah trail uh, that was given to the West that was supposed to be a, a localized people's deity. Uh, and Jehovah was a, a very angry, jealous God that wanted lots of blood and burnt offerings. And now we saw that in a movie to do with people in grass skirts and some island somewhere. We'd have no problem, uh, you know, being horrified. But yeah. when you're trained to believe this is a, a, a this is your God, uh, you see it in a completely different way altogether. You understand? Uh, yeah, so yeah. it's strange that that, that deity was given uh, to the West, and then you have the Hegelian part kicking in, uh, just like Zoroaster. You had um, uh, you had Araman that was a bad guy, and Ahura Mazda that was a good guy, and they give you a, a, a Jesus who gives you a loving, kind God who forgives you, completely opposite of Jehovah. So you're watching the Hegelian dialectic once again. And meanwhile, while that's all going on, and you have a fight between good and evil for your, your soul, you have the one God in charge of both good and evil, you know. <laughs> so there's no escape, really. Now, uh, wouldn't a brain chip actually be something new under the sun? Or is that why it would be a brave new world? It would be far easier. You won't need religion, and you won't need diversions. You, you won't need to entertain people, fill their spare time for them, uh, because it's a dangerous thing if they start to think. Uh, so so you, they'll simply be chipped and be incapable of thinking 
as an individual at all. It's an interesting yeah. thing when you think about it. We've been here for, they say, thousands, maybe millions of years. Yeah. And, and it seems like our, our, our main goal, is, our, our nirvana, is to work through science to a state of complete oblivion of thought. Uh, what a goal to have. Yeah. Uh, really, isn't it? Uh, rather than become the greatest thing we can become, we're, we're working to become insects almost. We were programmed to have our particular jobs and just... Uh, perform them perfunctorily w without having to learn anything. It's, it'll be programmed in your genes, like a worker bee or an ant. Okay? I'll be back with more uh, after these messages. Hi, I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And we have Umar from Michigan on the line. Are you there? Yes, sir. Yes. Uh, basically, what I'm, I'm hearing you saying, Alan, is we might as well just take the blue pill and go on back to sleep. Uh, for most people, they already are, to be honest with you. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and, and, and I can't that. break through. Most folk can't. Most people, I never expected it either. I, I've looked through plenty of history, and most of the public at all ages are pretty well as much the same. It's only the few ones here or there who can divert something or at least stall something for long enough to, to, to at least move the rest in a different direction. That's why I, I, I try so hard, because I understand for a person like me, the way I was to have access to all this knowledge that came my way uh, from studying uh, uh, the uh, writings of Bill Cooper and Dr. John Coleman mm -hmm. and others, um, you know, it, it, it's like, to me, uh, RBN got the solution on the website. It's just a question of when it's going to happen. I'm referring to uh, uh, John Ross's book. Yes. And uh, I think that's the only thing that they're going to understand because these people, you know, I mean, like you got, we see them on TV every day and they done cost the demise of whole countries. Yeah. You know, like Kissinger and Zbigniew uh, Brzezinski and Alexander Haig being involved with uh, the Global 2000 Agenda and depopulation. Yes, and how they devastated the entire African continent with the AIDS yep. and put it in America so that uh, Africans here could get it and uh, everything. And then it's like it's no justice. We get, it's, it's proof they did it, yep. but it's nobody, ain't, ain't nobody going to do nothing about it. Yeah, I, I've got a whole list of uh, things that were done to the public, the Americans, Canadians, and British, and, and Europeans by their own secret intelligence services, uh, not just uh, spraying nuclear uh, stuff in the sky over them in the 1950s onwards, a whole list of stuff, including bacteriums and viruses, that are declassified from their own governments. And I'm going to put all that up on the web as well, because... See, we don't need enemies in China or somewhere else. We've we got them right here. We've got them right here. And you see, it's always been this way. Right. And uh, and uh, they always declassify it after about 30 to 50 years when a new generation grows up, thinking, well, we've, we've somehow we've become civilized since then. I guess they wouldn't do it now. And the opposite is true. 
uh, we're, we're treated just like farming stock. Alan, I want to say that I recognize a great spirit in you and uh, to all you people out there listening, stop with the racism. It's us against them. You know, I, I'm just a common man just like everybody else is a common man. We got families. We got. We want to get our kids through this so they won't have to ever go through nothing like this. And all of us got to take the leadership role and uh, reverse what these people are trying to do to us. We are not their slaves. That's right. That's and, right. Uh, you see, that's, that's what gets me. You have all these different factions who are still in their condition matrix with their hand to their heart, just like the ancient pharaohs had their nobility do, uh, and swearing allegiance and, and never cluing into the fact that, that, no, we're all just slaves here. It doesn't matter where, you, where our origins come from, we're all slaves. And, uh, and it's with time that the white guys started to understand that too, uh, that most of the white people who came here in the 1700s came out of serfdom, which is just a form of slavery. It's just a nice right. term for slavery. And they only had a little bit of, of, of wealth from the 1950s to the 75s, and that was about it. And now we're going back down again. And the guys at the top use this race card all the time to stir up trouble and strife. And we're all fighting each other. We're going down that big hole in the sink at the bottom together while the guys at the top laugh and get on with it, the real work. That's exactly what they're doing, laughing at us, because I look at, too, the fact that a lot of these people that have these shows, they're always talking about they don't want to see the Illuminati get hurt or maybe we ought to forgive them. There's no amount of forgiveness for them. No, these guys at the top have chosen. uh, They are psychopathic. uh, Even the psychiatrists with all their pseudosciences I've done enough studies, and they say to themselves that, that, that you cannot alter the behavior of a psychopath. They're born like that. And sure enough, these characters at the top are, are come from long lineages of psychopaths, male and female, and power and money. Do you realize that, that there's only 20 families on the planet run the stock market with the controlling uh, investments on a daily basis? 20 families, world, or 200, sorry, worldwide, these guys just put in about 20 to $40 billion per day uh, through the big investment firms, withdraw. They, they, they build countries, they sink countries at whim. Uh, and that's where the, the, the power is concentrated, in the hands of a few very old families that probably have their genealogical charts going back for thousands of years. It's a wise quote in the, what they call the Babylonian slave technology book. Mm-hmm. It says... And this is to the so-called powers that be. You are gods, but you will die as men. Yeah. Alan, I'm going to let somebody else get in there. Well, you thanks for, thanks for calling. That's, uh, you've, you've had a, a, a good, some good points there that are so important that people have to start coming together because we're, we're being picked off from all areas and angles, and we've got to stop it now before we all go down the tubes. That's right. You have a blessed night. You too. Now I've got Andrea from Texas. Are you there, Andrea? Oh? Yes. Oh, yes, I'm here. I um, have a couple quick questions about some books. There's this um, nice used bookstore here in town, and um, 
put on hold some of the uh, 1938 copies of some of the... Um, oh, hold on a second, Andrea. Uh, uh, could you hold on and we'll finish this after this break? Uh, uh, I just heard uh, a comment over the earpiece. Hi, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. And we have Andrea from Texas on the line. Sorry about that cutoff there. It was a rapid cutoff, but it, the music didn't come in. Uh, it, it happens. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I had found um, the Toynbee Royal, Royal Institute for International Affairs books. And um, there's also these books on British foreign policy records from 1919 to 1938. That, I mean, do you think there's anything in that? Yeah, you will find a lot of the whole idea that... Uh, was given to the public after World War II, but you'll find it was all stuff that had been decided in the 20s and 30s. Yeah. Okay. And um, what, um, and what the last caller hit on about the um, whole race um, issue, you know, I, I really feel him on that and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my father today. He's a trucker, and um, he goes through California and everything, and he, told, he informed me that they've got this new thing coming up next year that all the diesel trucks have to be um, 2008 models and above in order to go through. Mm-hmm. And I also remember him mentioning that it's mostly Mexican trucks running here now. And then I got to thinking about the whole racism thing and mm-hmm. how NAFTA ties into all this and GATT and all that. And I was wondering, maybe they have some of the big boys companies in you know, like running that side south of the border or something like that, just to, you know, so they can make money and even drum up this whole... Oh, oh they will, they will. I mean, the, the big boys themselves, when they pull... I mean, people forget this, it just happened not too long ago, that after the GATT Treaty and before the GATT Treaty, they were already setting up for the mass exodus from the U.S. and Canada of all our industry over to China, and... uh and the big boys were the ones who brought their so-called American businesses over to China and plonked them down there. And, and uh, they were allowed to pollute Solar as much as they wish. Now, these same CEOs are also interwoven with the big foundations that back home are telling us, well, we've got to cut down on pollution and so on. So this is a, an attack, on, a psychological attack on many fronts. And they, they also want to put out all the smaller carriers, independent carriers and couriers, uh, and, and tractor uh, fellows out of business. Uh, they tried that uh, about 10 years ago with other means to get them off the road, and so there's only the big international ones left. And so, so sure, the big boys themselves will run both sides of the fence at the Mexican border and bring in the old trucks under their own amnesties. Under the NAFTA agreement, uh, south of the border, south of uh, in Mexico, they don't have to go along with the same pollution Standards that's written into the NAFTA deal, and they'll be allowed to bring their own trucks back up here. Wow. All right. Yeah, and he also said Arnold passed it because they had a study done and said that the diesel um, emissions were causing the residents of Long Beach, you know, adverse health effects. And I was thinking, I'm like, what about all the crisscrossing in the sky? I know, I know. They, They keep us distracted while they drug us. And I'm sure, you know, it's not just weather manipulation. It's not just... Uh, all the, the, the physical effects that will become obvious in the near future when we're all probably sterile or something. Uh, it's also, uh, I'm sure they're tranquilizing the public as well. Speaking of that, um, there was heavy fog the other day, and, you know, I'm not an airline pilot, but um, 
I don't think jumbo jet should be flying at about, I don't know, maybe 20 stories high. Yeah. And that happened right in the fog over my head. Like, I looked up, and you could hear it, and nobody even, like, noticed. No, the television didn't tell them to look up. If, if TV doesn't tell them, they, they won't do anything. They'll just wait, you know. Because <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I mean, I know I'm not a pilot, but they're not supposed to be flying one after another like that. And right I know. I, I, I just had to make sure, you know, with somebody else, you know, that, that I let somebody else get on. Yes, but but thanks All for right. calling in, though. Bye now. All right. Now we've got uh, uh, is it Tim from North Carolina. Uh, yes. Hey, uh, we truly are in the land of the dead because uh, I've been talking to people and, and they're just so deeply programmed. I, I don't believe they'll ever pull out of it. And most will not, and, and I, I, I have always known that. So, yeah. And uh, do you think that uh, do you think there would ever, ever be a, like a defection from this uh, psychopath side, uh, whether it's psychopaths up there or not, that? Uh, would uh, defect and start opening their mouth? Uh, I'm sure that will happen as they get towards uh, the end of this part of the agenda, when, when some of the lower ones who are living pretty high, high on the hog with lots of status start to see that there's no room for them in the next world order, and they'll, they'll probably start coming out then. But I'm sure they'll also have lots of accidents uh, and rapid succession, all these coincidences, to try and silence anybody else who tries to speak out from their own ranks. They don't tell, tolerate that very well at all. <laughs> you know, another thing is I noticed on a lot of the other the talk radio, you know, they, they always are talking about, like, you know, the money system and, and, and the voting and everything, but it never leads back to the, to the crux of the problem, which is the system. <laughs> it's the system itself. It, you, you see, you cannot fix or save something that was never yours to begin with. And, and that's what people don't realize in this matrix system. They think, they think that the, every, they still want to believe everything's just evolved uh, sort of haphazardly up until the present, and it's just recently it's been taken over or diverted. There's nothing further from the truth. Uh, the characters used to have wars in ancient times, uh, in order to introduce their money system. People used, didn't use money at one time. You've got to remember that. And it was through the introduction of money, even with the Phoenicians. The Phoenicians went through country after country and got them into debt once they had accepted their money. And then they took those countries over, formed armies, paid them money. You can't have an army without pay. They'd all go home. And then they'd go off and conquer the next country. Uh, this system's been here for thousands of years. It's corrupt and deviant. There's nothing humane in it. You know, I was talking to a guy the other day, you know, and uh, he he mentioned that he was a, a 32nd degree Mason, right? Yeah. And he's a nice guy. He really he really is. And I don't think he knows what he's in. Oh, most of them don't. Most of them join for the little perks they can get and and to be a, a sort of naughty boys club. But but in reality, they don't get into the higher secret. Life begins at 40. It's the 40th degree. Right, right, yeah, I remember saying that, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've enjoyed the books, Alan, I really have. And uh, did you get my donation I sent in the mail? Yes, I did, yeah. Okay, okay, great. Thank uh, you. I've enjoyed the books. I've, I've read them. I'm, I'm, I think I'm on about the fifth time on them. <laughs> okay, yeah, there's more in there. So you gotta, you'll see more each time you read them. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's all come together for me. Uh, yeah. But a, a lot of people, though, when you, if you even uh, start talking to this stuff, they... They just, they don't get it. 
No, they, they will never get it. As long as they can switch on that TV and their favorite soap or, or, or comedy or regular routine show is on, the world is just fine. And, and why is it that, you know, I've noticed you've had a couple of calls that they, they always uh, want to argue the, the Bible deal with you. Oh, and it's an organization. Uh, I think it was on one of the shortwave stations, in fact, where some preacher told them to start harassing other talk show hosts that didn't go along with their version of, of the Bible. Yeah, and that's a that's a big sticking point. That's you know, I wish I could get some more information on how to really read the Bible. You know what I'm saying? I know about the allegory part and the yeah. you know the Jacob's ladder deal with Moses and all that, but uh, I wish there was more a, a better way to do it. Yeah, if you understand that the Old Testament is the rules of the system for the illumined ones who run the world. They're, they're mm-hmm. hidden in allegorical form where slavery is just okay and uh, and you can cheat and steal as long as you do it craftily. In fact, your God will bless you um, and, and stuff like that. If you understand the rules, but and then the New Testament is the dialectic again, with, with a, which makes a passive population obedient to the ones who run, run the Old Testament system and understand what it's all about. Yeah, I was talking to this lady and her husband the other day on a service call, right? And, and they got kind of kind of hostile with me yeah. about the Bible deal. And she told me, she says, uh, I said, well, there's nothing wrong with uh, using your brain, is it? And this guy calls me a, a humanist, and I didn't even know what it meant. So yeah. I come back and check it out and found out what it meant. And uh, she tells me, she says, well, you know, God will make food come from the sky and water come from a rock. I said, really? I, yeah. I mean, how do you how do you talk to somebody like that? Well, you can't because you're looking at people who think inside a very small box, this only box I've ever known, and it's like Plato's cave. I always use analogy of Plato's cave. People should read it because um, they, they will try and fit all reality, any new reality, any new facts, back into that cave. It's got to it's got to fit that cave and what's inside the cave to compare it to, and, and you cannot. It's a form of insanity. Yeah, I believe it is, too. i get off and let somebody else talk, Alan. Yeah, well, thanks have for a good calling. one, buddy. Thanks. And we have Robert in Canada. Are you there, Robert? Hi, Alan. How are you tonight? Not so bad. I've been uh, up in the roof getting all the snow off the satellite, up and down, up and down like a yo-yo. <laughs> uh, we're going we're to get rain here on the East Coast. Uh-huh. But uh, anyways, Alan, I'm just going to talk for a second. I just want to say that uh, some of the books that you mentioned, like uh, Morals and Dogma and Tragedy and Hope and Next Megan Years, if uh, some of your listeners, if you go onto Google and if you t- type in the name of the books and you type uh, the letters PDF after it, uh, you can get the electronic versions of those books online. So in case people oh, okay. don't have them, they can do that. Yeah, because they're expensive to buy, I know. Yeah, yeah and uh, also uh, I've been taking your um, your transcripts and making them into PDFs and also uh, your like the free talks that you have on your website uh and making yeah. them into MP3s, and then you can burn the transcripts and the MP3s onto like CDs and hand them out to people. I've been doing that as well. So okay. this is a suggestion uh, to some of your listeners. Yeah, they can. They can do that. Lots of people have been doing it. There was even a baker in New York giving this stuff out to his customers. I thought oh, that, that, right. that was really nice. <laughs> oh, that, that's great. And uh, also, just, just one more thing, Alan. Yeah. Uh, on the CBC website back in, I think it was in de- December, you mentioned about uh, how NASA was scrambling to get the, uh, they wanted to get the space station finished because the space shuttle is going to be retiring in two th- or, uh, 2010. Yeah. 
and uh, they were kind of a little frantic. And I was just wondering, like, it just sounds funny that 2010 pops up. That uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's going to be a, a big era, uh, even with Arthur C. Clarke's 2001, then 2010. That leaves you with oh something wonderful is going to happen. And Arthur C. Clarke wrote that back in the 60s. Yeah. So he was a high Freemason and on the know, and actually wrote for the globalist elite on behalf of their agenda and the United Nations. If you read his book 3001, he gives you what's supposed to be uh, the remnant of the illumined ones living in high towers in a future uh, where you can you can keep no secrets. Everyone's brain is monitored by computers. So. Yeah, he writes on behalf of them, and 2010 was to be a big year for him, too. And it's interesting as well, the space station, is the, we used to call it an international space station, which is ISIS, you see, ISIS. Right. And um, if you just speak it, and these guys love their little jokes. And uh, this is the old mansion in the sky that they talked about that would be there if they had to, you know, create some catastrophe on the earth that have a mansion in the sky that's how they couched it a couple of hundred years ago <laughs> oh just one last thing uh, i watched i took your suggestion i watched the uh, the documentary the future of food yeah uh, they hit on your website there and yeah. uh, that, that, amazing, that's, isn't that's it? a very good documentary it's amazing to realize what's uh, how blatant they can be with so much but yes because the public are conditioned into the surrealistic world of hearing real truth, little bits and bites of truth through the media, interspace with sports, um, Hollywood bimbos and their problems, and all this kind of stuff, nothing becomes real anymore to them. And most people are uh, living in a matrix, a true scientifically designed matrix, uh, and they cannot tell the difference between fact and fiction anymore. Anyways, I'll I'll let you go, Alan, and uh, let you get on to your next callers. Thank you. Thanks for calling. And this, again, is by design. It is called Scientific Socialism. Uh, Well documented. Again, you can get The Open Conspiracy by H.G. Wells. That's only one book of many. He was a propagandist employed uh, by the group that was authorized to exist by the Crown. He was also a founding member of the Fabian Society, a society uh, run by bigwigs, actually. Even Lord uh, Astor uh, was a member of it and help fund it, and they would lead the working people along the wrong path by having them demand laws, creating groups demanding laws, which would eventually ensnare them all, massive bureaucracies that would run their lives for them. So Wells was well aware of of his part in it all. He also hated the ordinary working people. In fact, he was terrified of them. Uh, This great socialist, he wanted the population reduction uh, to, to occur. He wanted the end of marriage. He wrote a book in the late 1800s, in fact, one of his first books on free love and the abolition of marriage after he was released from his specialized training by the grandfather of Aldo Huxley, Sir Thomas Huxley. That was his mentor and his teacher, and he belonged to the Red Tie Brigade that they let loose from Oxford University. That's what they called them back then. So this is not a new agenda. We're going through, we're just living apart of an agenda, and this part was written a long time ago. That's how simple it is for those that give us a reality. Our lives, uh, all the main things that happen in our lives are already planned and scripted. We live through them, and it's given to us by the media. It's all been one great coincidence after another, uh, one mishap after another, uh, one, one foul up by bureaucracies after another, and nothing is further from the truth. These guys
guys at the top don't make mistakes. They don't invade countries and then get bogged down and say, we, we didn't see this coming. No, they know exactly every part of their agenda because they work out the future with military precision and strategy. They hire the best minds and, and, and the true experts in their fields to work for them, and they don't make mistakes. They really don't make mistakes. And now they have to simply coerce us to go along with their agenda. The bulk of the population always will. In fact, they count on the majority of the public, who are really their greatest supporters. They couldn't do without each other. They form a symbiotic relationship, the good shepherds and the sheep. They truly do. Uh, you can't have one without the other. If one perishes, so would the other. It's the, it's the few people who have spirit or soul, call it what you want, intellect, awareness, those who are conscious, who always suffer down through the ages because of the elite and the masses that allow the most terrible things to happen to themselves. And yet it's always a small, a small uh, group of people worldwide, scattered as they are, who end up diverting this particular, at least delaying this particular plan uh, here and there down through the ages. And that's all we can hope for today because most people, even in the supposed patriot movement, and I have gone through the history of the patriot movement, I've even read uh, an article from the Toronto Star where they gave you the history of the CIA starting up the patriot side radio station shortwave back in the 60s, supposedly to combat communism, and they hired uh, Christian front groups to, to, to lead the charge. And personally, I don't think they've ever totally given up. There's so many people involved in the movement who are supposedly ex-CIA, ex-FBI, and all that. And to be honest with you, I don't think they're ever ex the firm. It doesn't happen. You're always in the firm, as they say. We'll be back with more after the following messages. Hi, I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. And we're in the last, getting towards the last lap of this particular talk, and going over some very unpleasant, maybe even unpopular topics, but they have to be said. Things which are true must be said. And it's really a sin, if you like, a sin not to say them when people know what's wrong. We must talk out, that's all, all we can truly do. Now we've got Chef from Georgia. On the line, are you there, Shep? Yes, sir. Um, I have a question, and I'd like to, uh, you to expound on it a little further if you have the time. Um, an earlier caller was uh, talking about the Bible and uh, it being uh, allegory, and uh, uh, you had said something about that it was a, a manual for the elite or something of that of that nature. Um, I wonder if you could uh, explain that a little further, and, and also... You've you, you got two minutes before the end of the show here. Okay, well, go ahead, and I'll let you go. Thank you. Yeah, yeah you can't, you can't uh, go into all that to the last, the last little hop in the show, except if you look at even some of the situations you're given in story form, uh, such as uh, the blessings bestowed upon, upon Jacob... For what? For cheating his old dad and lying and getting the blessing, and he was blessed for doing so, because he did it craftily. 
could go on and on and on. Uh, but, but you see, it doesn't matter because people who are steeped into worshipping a particular form of a deity can't see anything but that form. Uh, they will never, ever see any other side of it. As I say, if you go outside of yourself and simply look uh, at the same thing happening in a little Pacific island somewhere and people slaughtering lots of animals and having a deity uh, that smoked out a volcano um, who loved the smell of burnt offerings in the morning and lots of blood, you'd be horrified. It's quite simple. Uh, but I, I won't even get into these debates because I'm long, way, way past that. Way past that. Way beyond all of that. You see, and I never really got into the trap of it, although I understood it uh, more so than some of the people who actually taught the exoteric. It was rather easy to see the esoteric. And that's why, as I say, there's a God of the world, and those that serve the God of the world are well blessed by the things of the world, as I say, in the higher lodges. Quite simple. But for those that follow such a, a deity, uh, I don't even try to deprogram. It's not my place to deprogram them. And if they're happy in it, it's no different than those who are happy in a television world where the regular soaps come on and keep them feeling comfortable. Everything is normal, even though all hell could be breaking loose outside of them. As, as Gandhi said, you know, Christianity is all very well. I'd like to, to meet a Christian. Think about it. Just think about it. Because you don't see much of it today. And they're already kill each other over minor differences. And it's all exoteric differences because they don't understand the inner. I always say, too, if there's a Jesus Christ to come back tomorrow, uh, they'd put him back on the cross again because he wouldn't fit in. They follow someone who supposedly stood up against a corrupt, evil system, and because of it, he was killed. Meanwhile, these are the same characters with their suits and ties. They go to church uh, that are always voting for the same tyrants over and over again. They stand for what they think is their system and their way of life. Well, from Hamish, myself, from a snowy, windy Ontario, Canada, it's good night, and may your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>